Good evening and welcome to Chase and Prophecy on 105.3 New Orleans FM. Did I say that? I don't know if I did or not. Who knows? I could have. In New Orleans, we are live and we are in um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania tonight. We get all go around all over the place when we broadcast, but tonight we were in Pittsburgh, as you can see in this beautiful backdrop I have. And I'm here with my super, super sonic co-host. John Kelly, Jason, I am Petro, and Trish Mo. I didn't have my teleprompter, so I'm doing this myself tonight. Co-host? Co-host. Well, yeah, co-host. Yeah, you're co-host, right? Yeah, we're co-host. <laughs> yeah. Happy so, Torture Tuesday. This is a Torture Tuesday one coming up. The gremlins already struck. Yeah. Well, I hope not. Well, it's a little late tonight. We got a late start because Mike was going over, but that's okay. We're okay with that. That's all right. I'm ready for bed right now, so we better better <laughs> set my timer. Uh, like I said before, I have two caffeinated drinks waiting for me Ooh, to keep boy. me a busy day after the holidays. Did you guys have a great um, Thanksgiving? That was good. It was good. Nice yeah, it was good. It was good. You didn't burn uh, the turkey, Trish? <clears throat> I I actually didn't have to cook. I had um my there was a wedding in my family on Saturday that I planned and you know decorated and did the photography and everything for. So I had this year off on Thanksgiving. Oh, cooking. there you go. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's good. That's it was nice to not talk. Jason, to cook how's your new truck coming along? Uh, well, I just brought it home a couple hours ago. So and Jason's in his new studio. Yeah, that's my new studio behind piano. me, Augie. Yeah, <laughs> Augie wanted to know where I'm at. I, I rebuilt the uh, studio, so this yeah, is that's it. Pretty, pretty cool. We'll start fun. getting back into recording stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that someone's in Maryland. Sunglasses and the hair up like this and shit. Yeah, he's a, yeah. It's a sexy mug. Yeah, just, Sean, you should do that to it. your hair. Put some gel up and spike What's it up. What's left of it? He doesn't I've have enough. Get a haircut. <laughs> oh come a haircut. on! Yeah. <laughs> haircut that'll take you about two seconds. It's too long now. Oh, just take some beard trimmers and trim it. Let Jason uh, do it. Yeah, <laughs> come on over. I'll do it. <laughs> Free of charge. Free You'll of like charge. It, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have an exciting um, evening tonight. We got some topics to talk about, and we got a guest that comes on it, um, which is sponsored by. Um, to Carnation on our second hour, we have John Moore, and we'll introduce him to uh, about ten o'clock hour, the bewitching hour. Gary said, "Use an ear in your shampoo." Well, that's not uh, nice. Burn my head. That's, right. that's nah, rude. Just fine. That's rude. That's very rude. But anyway, yeah, it is. No, yeah, Tom, Sean. Yeah, it's rude, Gary. Hey, hey, the bald, the bald look is what's in now. Yeah, mostly. it is. And you know what else is in? What's hmm. Dad bods, you know that. What? Well, dad that's because it's winter time. Dad, dad bods. <laughs> yeah, dad bods are in, man. Hey, well, yeah, because on... it's winter. Dad Str- bods. Trish, are in what do you think time. about the dad bod? Um, tell you know, the truth. I, I tell the truth. 
I I have no. I've I've been in every phase physically in my life myself. Um, so I don't I don't really judge people's. You know, as long as they have a sexy heart. That's yes. all that yes. And keep you warm at night, right? Yeah, that's yeah. all that and matters. Mind. Exactly. <laughs> Good conversation is a plus. Although I was thinking, I was just thinking about this earlier, you know, um, the guy I'm dating, bless him. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for guys who date psychics and witches because <laughs> they just yeah. don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> so, that's the same with Italian women. <laughs> because it was, it was, you know, this, this last week with uh, with the full moon and the lunar eclipse and and the new moon. You know, we always talk about different energies and how they affect us and stuff. So we'll we'll just be, you know, randomly somewhere, and I'll start channeling something or like cool. a car accident or death or <laughs> that keeps the, that keeps the relationship interesting. It keeps the fire lit too. You always bring in something channeling in something. God only knows what you're channeling. Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say years ago in the past before I protected myself against such, you know, um, I did have a few men leave me because they, you know, saw a demon or something. Mm. Like it's no big deal. But uh, no, they saw a demon or you saw a demon. Well, we both did, but it was in my presence. So okay, so you were dating a witch like they, or they would a psychic? Date me. No, 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 no. It was because of me because I attract that, you know. And, oh, and so demons. No. <laughs> well, this was, but this was years ago before I, I could, I cleanse yourself. Protect myself right. from that. Yes. And so, yes, um, many of them that would start, you know, going to church the next day. Religious- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You, at least you brought them back to God, huh? Yeah, break yes. back the holy water. Yeah. Bring back Plus, I'm psychic. So, I mean, it's really hard to, yeah, to uh, get it away is. with anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is. There's really a, is. we need to be a psychic these days because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. The latest one that I found very interesting because I like the stars and the moon and planets is that NASA, they're en route to try to, I guess, uh, intercept or blow up as an asteroid that's coming towards Earth. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I heard yes. about that. Hasn't that been going on for like the last 20 years? Yeah, you're right. Um, this particular yes. one, I don't know. Uh, I know that they NASA launched a uh, double asteroid. What is it? Redirection test. It's called DART. D A R T. Um, okay. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna read this little article. Mission on a- SpaceX Falcon 9 from um, Vandenberg Air Force. Am I saying that right, Sean? Base in California on November 24th. Wow. I do believe they're still out there. I know. I just saw a Google. Oh, and who knows if it was an old one, but they said something about Monday, Monday morning, but they're doing this. Um, I don't know if they actually blew. Did they blow up any? No. I said the, Wait, they didn't blow anything yet. They're supposed uh, to do that? Um, well, I'm looking at this article that was just released today. I don't know. This particular one. Well, and um, the only reason I ask is because I had uh, a dream last night. I woke up this morning really early, like five six o'clock about a uh a hawk or a falcon that was injured and like the earth oh i don't know about that all i know is that they they said that this the asteroid doesn't pose a danger now how would they how the hell did they know that shit 
Come well, on. I don't know because they said that the probe will smash into. Um, this is called Demore. Was it from a credible website? Yes, it's all over the internet, and there's actually a um, a live YouTube video for NASA. They said it's a 12-hour orbit. This uh, this probe will smash into. Uh, they're calling this asteroid Demo Demoris Dem D I M O R P H O S increasing the time of its 12 hour orbit between 73 seconds and 10 minutes that's dark dart d-a-r-t will practice saving the world from an asteroid collision like the one that ended the dinosaurs so um, <clears throat> gary in the comments yeah. here says uh they're going to blow up some space junk from when russia blew up an old satellite that's in the way of the space station yes and the, they're doing this at the same time they're I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe you know what? Think about it, right? If Gary Gary is right about that, you know, sure, we're going to go out and tell asteroids, you know, shoot down asteroids. But you know what? Nah, we're not doing that. We're doing something else. They lie to us all the time, so why would they lie about that now? Yeah, I can remember as far back as I I can remember, you know, talk about landing on asteroids or blowing them up to miss the Earth, and you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know that movie. It wasn't Armageddon. That's what they were doing. They were trying yeah. to blow up. Yeah, a, uh... Bruce Willis. No, um, Trish, tell us a little bit about this UFOs in Kansas article. Well, I just saw it um, earlier today. I saw this. Um... And it said this came from originally from Wichita, um, but it was a report that the an unclassified report from the government and they just discussed in detail 144 different sightings. Hmm. And now I don't know if that's total in the U.S. or if that was specifically over Kansas and Midwest, but um they're, I guess they're trying to, you know, come up with different and analyze and come up with the statistics of how many planets might be in the universe or galaxies, things like that. So, they're but at least they're admitting it now. So that's. They're just pulling the wool over our eyes. That's all they're doing. They're lying. They're lying. Are there uh, are there more witches in Wichita than other places? Ah, how long <laughs> do you have to wait to make that up, dude? <laughs> I just got that sent to me. I had to. I had to talk about. It. <laughs> it's funny because um, all of all of Wichita, you know, you, when you drive through there, there's they have that big airport or not airport. Um, they manufacture airplanes. But they have the big airport there as well, and it's called Spirit Airlines. And I always think that's funny because I'm like, you know. That's clever. <laughs> so how many witches are out in Wichita? I don't know. I, I'm, in the spirit airplane. That's, that's, um, that's in the southern part of the state. So I don't, I don't go there often. What do you think, Jenny? What 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 do you what's your conclusion? Jenny, you're muted. You muted yourself. Jenny, you muted yourself. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Denny. Hello. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I guess she unplugged herself or something. No, hit the mute button on your computer. It says you're <laughs> muted. 
down in the corner. <laughs> okay. I was looking oh, for hallelujah. I was looking for a I found a video. Let me see if I can pull it up. I found UFOs in Kansas. It was five five uh, days ago. Let me see if I can bring this one up. But after I get to the uh these stupid ads that they have. Okay. Oh, here we go. Okay, I found something that we can watch about there's, the um uh, go ahead. Oh well there's also there's a group that I've been wanting to meet up with um near here and uh, well near kansas city who actually con supposedly can make contact with extraterrestrials and and such so that's interesting bring them on let me see if i can pull this up now are you ready yep. wish i could make figure out i'll have to figure out how to make this big are they coming to kansas some say yes. Well, Zach Martin spoke to a couple Kansans who say they have seen UFOs, Kansans. and he took their thoughts and videos to an expert. That's new at 10 tonight. Zach? Jeff, Emily, since June, when the government released its report of 144 cases of unidentified aerial phenomena, the sightings of these UAPs, they're going up everywhere. If the Department of Defense is willing to confirm that that happened, uh, I think perhaps people see it as an avenue towards, well, maybe my story is, is true, too. Nick Adanasio works at a space museum, but in his free time, he's a UFO enthusiast. We don't know how many galaxies there are in our entire universe. And so if each one of those has hundreds of billions of stars, and each one of those stars might host a couple of planets, there's so much that could be out there. Earlier this week, KSN was sent this video from viewer Jackie Espinoza showing a weird object flying through the sky. And it was right outside my house and we were driving home and my husband was like, what is that? After doing some research, Espinoza says she found out it wasn't a UFO, but something she was always more fearful of than a UFO, an asteroid. Mm, felt completely justified in my fear. I've always thought that it was irrational up until this point. <laughs> Last May, around the time of a lunar eclipse, assistant kitchen manager at Norton's Brewing, Farley Charwell, says he saw this I think object I'm on there too long, in guys. the sky. And then when I zoomed off. in, I was like, oh, it's probably a helicopter. And I zoomed in, and it was like a weird... What if it's just comets? Looking thing. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I was like, When's Haley's comet come back around? Charwell says no one has been able to convince him yet that it's something other than a I'm UFO. Go. There you go. Uh, and others that think they've yay. seen Yay. Yay. Thank you. Bye. Hello, Boots. There was a meteor shower, wasn't there, like a week or two ago during the eclipse? Yeah, I think there was. Hi, Boots. And it's probably just a matter of time before, you know, we start getting just pummeled with asteroids from the asteroid belt, you know, just stuff flying off and yeah. finding its way to the Earth. Yeah. And I think, I believe they try to intercept them all the time, way bigger than we even realize so, exist, just so we, it doesn't cause mass panic, you know. Well, <laughs> you see okay. a flying object coming down on your ass, you know you're dead. So, right. would, you, would you rather get smashed? Like have it smash you, or would you rather hit the ocean and then you drown when the wave comes in? Ooh. Uh, hey, Doreen said Haley's comet comes back in 2061. Well, I'll be dead. Me too. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I probably will be too. Well, uh, Gary said whatever happened to the conspiracy um, theories with Jesse Vance? Ah, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him. Any of you guys have any thoughts on that, Jason? I I'm not a fan of Jesse Ventura. 
He was Who are you governor. a fan of? You. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. You please. walked right into that one, honey. Yeah, you did. And Trish and Jason. Trish, okay. Yeah, yeah so, okay. Four see. radio people walk into a bar. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the woman who was freaked out. Um, a woman freaked out after capturing a photo of a chinless ghosts at the scene of Ashar police and said this is in the UK now I'm going to bring this picture up Please I do. don't know I could to me she says I'll, re I'll read a little bit of the article before I show it to you Lisa Todd took a spooky photo on November 15th at about 3 40 p.m outside the Bridget Bridget Gate Council Office. This is like we're talking in the UK, okay? And she, there was like a, uh, I guess there was some kind of altercation with a police officer. And she didn't see, when she took the picture, she did not see this apparition until after she was home and it totally freaked her out. To me, it does look like a, a gothic, maybe a priest or some kind of a monk. She said that right near the, um, there used to be a uh, what did you said a Trinity Church. It's called Trinity Church, was which was built in 1863 for the Reverend William Robinson, known as the poet preacher. And I bet you could actually look him up on the internet. So I'm going to go ahead and sh I'm going to head and we're going to start with we're going to let Trish go first and see what you what are your thoughts on this. But let me pull it up. I'm getting them. Why has it got to be chinless? <laughs> well, she said she didn't see a chin. So I'm going to see if I can bring it up. Let me see if I can make this bigger. Let's see if I, because you can't even see it. Where the heck did it go? Oh, let me bring it up more. Okay, where is this? This is, okay, where is the article? Woman, okay. No, I don't know if you can, let me see if there's a smaller picture. Probably the smaller picture, you could probably see it better. Let me see. Now, do you see this thing right here? Yep. This was not in the picture. Hmm. When she took the hmm. picture, she did not see this with her naked eye. This is after. And she swears up and down that um, it was not there. But if you look at it, it looks pretty darn, you know, that it looks like it could be something from, uh, <clears throat> let me see if I can bring this up. I don't think I can make it any bigger. Um, um, let me see if I can No, Do you see the, yeah, I, um, I don't, I see a chin. So I see a chin too. I just think the girl was nervous about when she saw that picture, but, um, she I said it was an enhancement. She said she did not enhance it in any way. Well, let me ask you this question, Jen. Would you be freaked out if you took a picture and saw that dude standing there? Hell yeah. But All she right. didn't see. Yeah. So does it look like it so could what, be like a like priest a, or, or, or like well, a Well, first off, what is the vehicle? Is that like... Uh, looks like a truck. Looks like a van with something. You There's the, the guy police officer the right here, I think. This is the yeah, police officer. It's like a, uh, where they put prisoners in. I think it's death, to be honest with you. That looks what? like death. Like this guy is waiting for that prisoner to get out so he can take his life. And I'm not messing around here. 
That's me, the first thing I got when I picked up. Trish, what do you think? What do you got? I don't think it's a. I I don't. All all I I keep getting from that is it's not it's not a real photo or it's not something's you not. You think real it's photo. fake? You think it's a fake one? Scroll back up a little bit. Now I'm not going by the picture itself because I can't see very well as far as the pixels or anything like that. I'm not going by a scientific method, but that's. Um, I'm not really sure. Intuitively, that that's what I get from that. I want to see what else this article says. That what could have been. Well, the daily news over in the United Kingdom is like our Sun magazine here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, she said she didn't. She didn't think it was. Uh, She's not into the paranormal when she saw it. But the thing is, it's so close to that church. Yeah. So it could be. How about people in our audience? What do you all think it is? Yeah, what's everybody else out there think? Yeah, come on, Doreen. Score up to the other picture, not not that one so much. Because is it just me or does that just picture just like look weird? Like the quality of the photo. Um, That's your department, brother. I don't know. Be honest with you. Here's a bigger. Okay, that's the whole top. Wait a minute. Stop right there. Right there. Right there. Stop. Yeah. Like look at look at the figure. The figure like the way it's just like overlaid in front of the vehicle. There, it's, something's just not adding up. I see what you're getting at. Like there's I, just I something odd about this. Yeah. You know, because like look at the door. Like they're on the side. They're lower half of the body is on the side of the door, but the upper half of the body is like in front of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and the, and the doors a little bit. yeah that, this is a very I, I get a picture. very different feeling you know when i read pictures um and there's actually spirits in them it's it's a very different um i don't get that from this one i i get uh does it have feet go back up i missed it, it was no a, it didn't have feet no it didn't have feet no we're yeah, so I I don't know. I kind of think it is a spirit because of the fact that it's right next to that church, and, and there was a uh, preacher okay. dude that was called a poet. I want I'm probably. But you know, some... there's apps that can put that picture right at the. Okay. And See, that's, the, that's the problem very... with te- technology today. Is so many. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that just want to, you know, like get famous quick or something or have like something that makes the news, you know, that over there, that being like ours, like you said, sun magazine over here, which is, you know, fake news, obviously, but the quality of that picture is just too, it's too off, you know, but there's also, you know, I, I always think about it when it comes to religious um, aspects, unfortunately there are some um, even religious people that, that try to, fake pictures and things like that not necessarily with bad intention but trying to get others to believe and and things like that i've come across that a lot i'm not saying that specific one but just to keep in mind and have have you guys ever heard of the sachi poltergeist in on the uk it's called no but i know what a poltergeist is well there's a um a haunting, a creepy a hillfoot's haunting is supposed to be one of the, you know, major hauntings in the UK, and it's called the Sochi Poltergeist. Well, actually, it's in Scotland, Sochi, S U C H I E Sochi. Is that how you say that? But the, it's 
It's a, a, no, a really noisy ghost. It kind of um, took place in November of 1960, and it was centered around 11-year-old uh, girl, Virginia Campbell. Okay. And apparently, mm -hmm. this family was terrorized. Um, and I'm going to pull up the, or I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's real popular. There's a house. The family was tormented by this poltergeist on the property of Park Crescent, Saatchi. So I guess that's a town in the UK, in uh, Scotland. So it's something maybe you guys could take a vacation yeah. in. Um, but I was Oh, were you? Yeah, holy walk. And apparently, this was a front. The, the we'll furniture. take the Spirit Airlines over. <laughs> they are, okay. We'll fly to our death in the spirits. Well, I'm going to show you this. Uh, I told you, the Pope doesn't fly over parts of Kansas. I mean, well, this is this is the uh, house. I don't know if you can see the house. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the house that was terrorizing the family. And they came to the conclusion that the house was haunted on the basis that they turned to a local victor, like I said, it's a like a reverend, by the name of Reverend T.W. Ludd. Ludd attended the family home but could not offer a little support. They didn't only prayers. And a bizarre twist to the case, the poltergeist effect did not contain just themselves to the family home. Incredibly, they traveled with Virginia to school. So they haunted the, the, the polar guys, terrorized the local school. That's a pretty school. Is that the house or is that the school? That's beautiful. School. Yeah, well, that's may I that makes sense if they were following the person. You know, if the, the expertise yeah. were coming from her, even then it would follow her to school or wherever she went. Well, um, we had an investigation a long time ago, it was up there in Johnstown or Somerset, PA where a woman, a uh, family was dealing with poltergeist activity. And come to find out, every time that the poltergeist activity happened, um, her niece would come over for the weekend, and all hell would break loose. And her niece was 12 or 13 years old at the time. But once the niece left, okay, everything mm -hmm. was calm, quiet, and cool. So... You know, I'm not being weird when I say this, but at that age, and if this girl was around that age too, you know, her hormones are changing. Yeah, is what you said before, so yeah. it goes back to the hormones. Yes, it does, because all the energy that that woman, it, that girl is releasing is attracting everything um, to them. But, you know, it looks like that she's at that age where the poltergeist was happening and we're like... Uh, uh, Trish just said, wherever she goes, that thing's going with her. Yeah. What about <laughs> Jason? What do you think about that? I think that uh, Buck says nothing is scarier than a 13 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, true. I, I was crazy well, when I was 13. I swear I was. Nowadays, man, they're nuts. Yeah. They're crazy. Well, did, you know, doing the poltergeist that you know, we had here in the house. Mm -hmm. they're, they're just something else. It's not like your normal spirit or ghost nope. that most people encounter. You know, I'd never in a million years thought that I, you know, we'd be dealing with something of that nature. But it is completely different, and it it mm -hmm. feeds off of everything. Yes, like, See, especially. Well, and it's yeah. energy. You know, everything's energy. So, 
um, it, whether negative or positive. And, and that will, the more negative energy, the more positive, whatever you feed to it is, is what it becomes. So mm-hmm. it's the same with me, you know, if, if I, um, I, I didn't know how to work with energy years ago. And mm-hmm. if I got really emotional or upset, if I would get into an argument, you know, with my family members or something, I would blow light bulbs and, you know, <laughs> like, like trip, trip breakers and stuff. So it's there's oh. another one on the panel that does that. <laughs> right. There's another um, article I wanted to bring up. Scott's ghost hunter wants to reunite a soldier's Bible with a family after it mysteriously appeared in her home. Now, apparently uh, this, this paranormal uh, family, they have a, up in the attic. Apparently they had a, a lot of um, activity. They'd go up the attic. They used the attic and all of a sudden it mysteriously appeared. So I don't understand. Like, you know what's weird is when it comes to paranormal and creepy stuff, it's either attics or basements. Yeah. But why would it? Why is it like never like the first floor or the second floor? It's always the attic or the basement. Or did movies just get us into believing that the basement is a scary place? Well, probably. I I think both of those places are often. So, so I have two theories about this. one, a lot of rituals are done in basements because it's closer to the earth um, and it's surrounded by earth. Um, so in witchcraft or, or, you know, a lot of occult factors into that, um, you're closer to that element. Now, as far as the attic goes, there's a lot of a lot of people store things in the attic so or hide things. Um, especially in older houses and such, you know, in mm-hmm. houses I've lived in, I've found things in the walls in the attic and, you, you know, stuff like that. So kids play there, hide stuff. I, I think a lot of the location of those activities, I guess, has a lot to do with it. Uh, well, yeah, wasn't but- that kind of strange, Sean, that all of a sudden they've, they've been in this, they've been in going into this attic, uh, apparently mm-hmm. a lot. They store a lot of stuff, you know, items up there. It's not something that they would have missed. And all of a sudden it shows up. Well, you know. Was it in the attic or does, where was it somewhere else in the house? You know said? what? It was, pro- you know, and this is from my experience. I mean, we've been on investigations where something pops up that nobody knows why it popped up or where it came from. But here's my theory behind that whole story. Okay. That. If it was a so the Bible, but it also had the soldier he was doing some writing in it, and and maybe he trusted this paranormal couple with the Bible, okay, so he can move on, you know, because it's possible that that Bible was holding him to the to Earth, you know. So he said, "I had enough of this," so boom, he you know he the spirit put it there. That's, That's the way possible. I look at it. That's possible, but he would like to have this. He wants to reunite it with the family that this that this Bible belonged to. Now that's yeah. going to be something that's going to be hard to do, right? To do that, but that's their goal. This paranormal group's goal is to do that. Apparently, which is a good which is a good thing to do. Um, which I think would be nice, but you know what? It's all about the ghost. It's all about him. You know, even if yeah. they don't get to the family. He wanted to leave. He wanted to leave. And that yeah. and he gave him the book. 
Apparently, this soldier's was his name was Robert Litterick, who, and he was a soldier. His ID number was, and the date that it was nineteen nineteenth was that January nineteenth, nineteen forty four, and he was a prisoner of war camps in Germany during World War Two. So mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. That's a whole story right there. Yep, that would be great if they could actually reunite this Bible to the family. Well, this person, but uh, we're leaving. I see our guest is in the green room, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. I'm just going to do, um, if I can find my my notes. Oh no, I can't find my notes, guys. Oh, you better find them. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we don't want to do that again. Yeah, open your Uh, eyes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're our guests tonight, and I hope I don't mess this up because I don't know the. The, sh- the proper term for it, but John Moore, we have him as a guest for our second second hour, which is sponsored by Carnation. The, um, thank you so much, Carnation, for sponsoring the second hour. I used their evaporated milk for my Thanksgiving. Um, I think it was my sweet potatoes. I used mix it up with some pineapple and brown sugar. But um, <laughs> John Moore is a sh- shaman. Is that how you say that? Shaman. Trish? Shaman. Shamic? Shamic? <laughs> Shaman. Practitioner, okay. John, where's Tara? At? She knows about that. <laughs> and teacher who works spiritually with conscious professionals to live fuller, happier lives, in touch with their true purpose. After two decades of working in the technology sector, John turned to humankind's oldest spiritual practice. Charm. Shaman. <laughs> Shaman. Shaman. To heal himself during a personal Jeez. crisis, John believes we interconnect with everything and everyone through a unique spark of dignity inside each of us. We co create our reality. I love co creating. John has written a column on the intersection of spirituality and men's health for the good men project he also appears in a weekly radio spot interpreting the dreams of listeners oh this is going to be good listen he's going to he's going to have to do our our crazy dreams and host his podcast john completely years of charming and apprenticeship advanced initiations and teacher training he holds a master's degree in human and information technology and an mba and a ba in mass communication he is a third degree black belt cool and a certified hypnotherapist and a meditation instructor. So we're going to go ahead and welcome John. Welcome to Chasing Prophecy, John. Very impressive um, bio there. Resume. Are you going to take that thing off the middle of the Yes, screen? I am, sweetheart. <laughs> I only have two hands. Hey, welcome to Torture Tuesday. Hey, welcome, buddy. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. I appreciate but, uh, it. You won't be saying that in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Well, first off, I want to welcome you to the show. And uh, I read your one on your website. Uh, very impressive, very interesting. So, first of all, for people who don't know what that is, and I'm charm. Char, how do you pronounce that? Shamanism. Shamanism. Now, how does that actually work? And I don't know, echo somewhere. I'm not sure where it's coming from. But how does that work? And what exactly is it? Yeah, so um, shamanism is kind of a spiritual worldview combined with some really old, 
spiritual techniques that we think go back at least to the Paleolithic era. We have cave paintings depicting people doing shamanic things from 30,000 years ago. And um, so the way that we work, if you're a shamanic practitioner, and there are shamanic practitioners in every culture all over the world, um, it's, it's uh, you know, something that's fairly universal, is that we use altered states of consciousness to access spiritual realities and work with, we work with helping spirits. We do uh, lots of different things, which could be healing. We could be helping people with information. Obviously I teach, uh, I teach shamanism as well. I almost had a hard time pronouncing it myself. Um, uh, so I, so, so I teach as well. Yeah. You're funny. So You're what funny. got you into being a shamanism? <laughs> <laughs> We're all drinking tonight. Yeah. What, <laughs> what what got you into it? Yeah. So I uh, in my in my early forties, I went through uh, I went through a little bit of a personal crisis. I was diagnosed with PTSD, and I uh, was having a hard time, uh, having a very difficult time, as many people do, who have been through some serious trauma, and. Um, uh, I've long been a very spiritual person. I, I meditate. I, I, you know, done obviously martial arts my whole life, and and uh, very interested in personal development. And one day I was uh, meditating, and I heard a really audible, loud voice that did not sound like it was inside my head say, "You need to go learn shamanism." Mm. And I knew nothing about it. I knew zero about shamanism. And I live in Maine, right up in the northeast of the U.S. And I'm like, well, I don't live in Peru or Mongolia or Siberia. How is that going to work? And mm -hmm. as it turns out, there's a huge shamanic community here in the state of Maine, and some of the some of the uh, best, you know, widest regarded teachers in the world are are here. So um, it worked out, and uh, I have, you know, and I got into it only for my own, for my own purposes to, to work on myself and, um, uh, things, things led to other things. And now I, now I work with people as clients. I work with people as students and, and, um, you know, really enjoy sharing what I have, what I've learned and what I've gone through as well. Cool. So, Trish. um, oh yeah, go Trish. Me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I also have, you know, I'm, I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist. And I started doing these things. Um, I just turned 40 this year, but I would say a few years ago, uh, and I've kind of been on this journey all my life. You know, I, I grew up in, in Southwestern New Mexico and, I was around a lot of the ancient, ancient, um, you know, bur native burial grounds, a lot of the, the cliff dwellings, all of those things on the Arizona border and in the middle of the forest. And it just kind of, um, shamanism is something that I've recently delved into because I, I kind of was drawn to it naturally. So it's really interesting to me to hear other people's perspectives of how and stories, you know, how they, they started on, on those journeys. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the, going back to the paleo period, uh, mm -hmm. 
of shamanic origins. I recently, I, I just learned this um, maybe a week or two ago when a lot of people in, in Kansas, you know, it's hunting season. And um, I actually went on, on kind of a, a spiritual nature retreat for a few days uh, during this last full moon. And I kept seeing paleo, paleo. Well, I have eaten a paleo diet for quite a long time after mm -hmm. I got Lyme disease. And, um, you know, people have always told me that um, many healers get immune suppressant diseases because yeah. that's part of them, block, you know, not knowing their purpose and blocking it and everything. And, and, um, but I, I learned that the the some of the original where I came from, the uh, paleo Indians of the American Southwest date back 10,000 to 12,000 years ago. Um, and that's right where right where I grew up. I'm like, well, maybe that's part of my my own lineage, my own ancestors or even me, one of my past lives, you know, and why I've always been so drawn to that. So so it's interesting then. Yeah, I, I personally believe that we all have shamanic people in our uh, family tree because it's such a widespread practice. Um, we see it everywhere. We see it obviously in the Americas, in the in the Southwest is a good example, but South and Central America. We see it throughout Asia, um, you know, Southeast Asia, Korea, Japan, China, uh, Siberia, Mongolia. There's uh, shamanic practices in Africa. Um, Australia, which is the oldest continuous human culture, right? Something like 70,000 years. We don't even know, but something like 70,000 years. They're a shamanic culture. So even if your ancestors are, you know, like most of my ancestors from Western Europe, um, they were at one point shamanic people. And, uh, you know, the Druids were shamanic and the Celts had, you know, uh, there is Celtic shamanism. Um, which I'm not an expert in, but they're people to this day still practice. So yeah, it is, it is everyone's, uh, background in my, in my experience. I can't think of a culture that didn't have shamanic people in its past. So, um, and we're all, you know, we're all descended, we're all cousins, we're all brothers and sisters, and we're all descended from the same people. And if we, you know, there's there's a statistic recently, and I re I'm going off on a little tangent. I apologize, but if if um, you know, if you ch went back to like the era of Constantine, we would all have something like 200 trillion ancestors, which isn't isn't numerically possible unless um, cousins intermarried. So we have lots and lots of so we're all really, really, really related, is what I'm saying, is that even, you know, our past ancestry, even if you, you know, wherever you were from, so I'm, you know, all my ancestors are from, most of them are from Western Europe, but when I check my DNA, they're all from Scandinavia. So they were all Vikings who came into Western Europe and, and settled in there. So, yeah. That's pretty it's, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. For people out there that, you know, don't really know uh, about shamanism, like such as myself, uh, do you have like any advice for somebody that's like, oh, you know what? I think I might be interested in checking this out. Is there classes that you have to like graduate, like do's and don'ts? Like, what would you recommend? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the, you know, so the nice thing about 
the nice thing about sort of modern shamanism is you, you can go out and take an intro class, right? You can read a book about shamanism. Um, in the past, you would have to like get hit by lightning or something, and then the tribe would take you and train you for 10 years. Um, I, that's not a path I recommend. Stay out of the lightning. Um, it's very, although my, my teacher's teacher has been hit by lightning multiple times. Um, oh, I was but, say, I've, I've, did he play the lottery afterwards? Um, it was she, I don't know. Um, maybe I, <laughs> but, I've, I've been electrocuted lightning, all that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's really common. And, and talking times. About, yeah, and talking about Lyme disease, I know lots of practitioners who came to shamanism from having chronic Lyme disease, or really, you know, I know people have had near death experiences from Lyme, and we call that shamanic crisis. There's like a health mm -hmm. crisis you go through that pushes you on the on the path. But if you're if you're interested in learning more, you can you know, there's tons of resources out there to look it up and. You know, it's not a path for everybody. It's not an easy path. It's not something like, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to try karate out for a week. But you can go take a weekend class and learn some of the basic practices and decide if it's something you, you know, if it's a path you want to jump on, jump into with both feet or, you know, if it's if it's kind of not for you. It's a little harrowing. Um, I almost quit my very first day of my apprenticeship, which... Um, thank goodness I didn't, but you know, I, I've been doing this for many, many years after that. So, um, you know, pulled myself up by my bootstraps and kept, kept going. Now see for, uh, for me, like when I first got in to like the ghost business, um, how many years ago, Sean? Oh, many 30. Oh. And, um, but one time and it was crazy. I, I walked into a bookstore. Okay. And it was a metaphysical bookstore. And I was looking at books and this book literally jumped off the shelf. Mm -hmm. And it was Black Elk. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm saying, okay, I need to get this. And so I went home, read it, could not put it down. Could not. And from that time on, you know, studying Black Elk, okay. And the Lakota Sioux, you know, religion and their spirituality. Um, at one time, when I would meditate myself, I would meet, you know, mm -hmm. black elk. And then I've learned, you know, so I understand completely. But here's the way I look at it. If you're supposed to be, you know, directed into the shamanism, I think spirit leads you. I don't think you have that choice because I know I yeah. didn't have a choice. <clears throat> I know I didn't have a choice. Spirit said, you're going to go do this and this and this. So I believe that if spirit wants Jason to be a shaman, then Jason would make that adjustment right. and not realizing what's happening. A lot that's of the way I look at like it. Like with the Lyme disease and stuff, that's, that's said to be when shamans aren't answering their calling in life you know they continue yeah. with these illnesses and stuff until they they finally get you know and right. that's exactly what happened with me i was i was i was pretty much dying you know i had heart attack after heart attack and strokes and all these other things yeah. until i did my shadow work and started you know getting through all of those blockages and stuff and now the lyme d disease doesn't affect me as much but yeah it, I'm the older I got, it's like this, I was ignoring this, you know, I was ignoring those signs and I, I didn't have a choice. 
you know. Right. So I have this um, I have this working theory that I call um, a slap in the face from the universe with a wet fish. So, <laughs> that's, so a good, that's a good description. Right. So it's just just as you described, Sean, it's the, the, the spirit is turning up the volume. They're sen- sending you signals and turning up the volume little by little. OK, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that. And if you've ever read anything about Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right, which is Star Wars is based on that and Dune is based on that. And Gilgamesh is, ba- you know, all of these old, well, old and new things are based on it. There's always a call to action that the hero ignores in the beginning. Right. And then something happens that they can't ignore in Star Wars. Luke's aunt and uncle get killed by stormtroopers. Yeah. Right. And so there's always this call to action that gets ignored and then something the spirit turns it up and the hero's journey is actually an allegory for shamanic initiation, which Mm. some people don't, don't realize, but if you follow what the hero's journey is, all of these stories from time immemorial um, are, are basically describing the process of shamanic initiation. That's in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. And we ignore that, but you know, it, the, spirit will turn up the volume until it has to slap you in the face of the wet fish that's how i write all my books the hero's journey uh-huh. yeah okay i'm still a little confused like um how like you said that you you trained to do this i mean so if you have an inner voice that somebody's telling you to do something like years ago um I was going through a rough time, like a depression when my, my brother died and I went out into my garden and I, I, as a Catholic, I would do the rosary. Okay. And it was all of a sudden after I did the rosary, after I just sat there and was meditating, I heard an inner voice, like you said, and it said, make a garden. Now, would that be something like that? Or is that Mm -hmm. like a spirit like telling me to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And how, but is, how do you know that's your calling if you want to do something like I know what I used to meditate doing um, Edgar Casey meditation where I would um, heal. I would use the white light and it would, you know, so I know somebody that was ill and that would take my light and wrap it around them to heal them. Is that something like is that kinda. sort of like charm or not? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, um, it, you know, there are parts of Edgar Casey's work where he's, uh, he, he always worked in an altered state, which is very much the way that, um, the way that shamans work. I use, um, I use drumming or rattles or, or you know, I, I use sound uh, to alter my state of consciousness. Some shamans use dance and some, uh, you know, famously take things like psilocybin or magic uh, you know, which are magic mushrooms. I don't, I don't particularly do that, but, um, uh, but, uh, that's, that's the sort of thing where once you buy the ticket, you're, you're going for the ride, whether you want to or not. Um, but, uh, the, there is the, no turning back. There is nope. no turning back. You're, you cannot right. unsee what you see. Right, so you're is you, your charmant healing, is that the same thing? Like, is that what you do is when you, you do it to heal people? Yeah, so I do. I do work with clients, and most of them are coming to me for some sort of healing. It could be emotional or uh, something on the physical uh, level, and it does. Shamanism addresses sort of some of the underlying 
spiritual roots of illness or disease. So we are humans are, I, I look at humans as these multi-layered beings, right? We have a physical body, we have a spiritual body, but that's made up of many, many parts, right? We have the etheric double, which uh, shows up like the aura, if people can see auras. And and, the, and this is the energy body that people work on with acupuncture or Tai Chi or, you know, energy healing, Reiki, that sort of thing. Shamanic healing does work at that level, and it also works at this kind of deeper level, which is the soul, what we call the soul body or the astral body, which is a little subtler than the energy body. Um, and one of the major ways that, uh, you know, one of the technologies, to, for lack of a better term, that shamans have is called soul retrieval. And that, and that is a treatment for trauma. And shamans forever have had to help people through um, traumatic experiences, recovering from trauma. And this was my path, my own path into shamanism. And, uh, you know, I did it, I, again, I did it for my own healing, but um, spirit said, uh, no, this is your path now. This is what you're doing now. Um, you don't really have, you don't really have a choice. And so that to me was my indicator that I was on, on the right path because I wouldn't have, nobody's going to, it's sort of like, sort of like martial arts. Like I trained in martial arts my whole life. Right. And I see a lot of people, they'll sign up for a week. They'll come to classes for a week and they'll never come back. Right. But some people stick with it for the rest of their lives. And though, and, the, and there's like a calling for that. And the people that drop out, you know, that's fine. It's just not their, it's not their thing. Um, and it's the same thing with meditation or, or shamanic healing or what, mm -hmm. what have you. If it's your path, you're going to know. And, it, and the universe is going to kind of push you onto your you're path. You're going to stay doing it, yeah. Yeah. Well, with me right now, like I, like I told you guys that I was in the business for 30 years and I work with spirit a lot. In fact, that's all I do. And I mean, there's a time, there was a couple of times where I wanted to be a human being. You know what I mean? I wanted to be human, which what, what means is that I didn't want to do this ghost stuff. I didn't want to work with spirit. I wanted to go out and be a regular human, be a regular Sean Kelly. But you know what? Come to find that spirit would not let it happen. And that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no matter how far I went off the path to do something that I wanted to do, being normal. Mm hmm. He always would throw shit in my face, and then I end up coming back. And I said, "Okay, boom." So Sounds like you, me, Keto. Uh, in shamanism, <laughs> how do you uh, deal with like? What do you think about like modern medicines? You know, being the shaman and uh, you know practicing healing. You know, what's what's like your viewpoints on modern medicine practices? Yeah, I, I think um, I think people should take advantage of everything they possibly can. Right. And so if, uh, you know, if somebody were to come to me with a broken arm, for example, I'd be like, well, go get your arm set and then come back to me. And then we're going to work on, you know, creating some spiritual conditions under which your arm can mend better. So I don't um, I utilize modern medicine. I, um, you know, it like like everything, it has its pluses and minuses. Um, but I always you know, I always urge people who work with me, I'm like, even if you feel fantastic after, you know, after a session with me, don't stop taking your meds without talking to your doctor, right? Like, right. don't right. do not do that. Yeah. That would be bad. Um, you know, sometimes 
there is a, you know, what we might consider what I think everything is a miracle. I think the fact that we can, we can observe the universe and create our entire experience of the universe and our consciousness is a miracle. Um, it just happens to be an everyday miracle, but sometimes miraculous healing takes place, meaning some, sometimes people have symptoms go away immediately. And sometimes it takes time. Sometimes with shamanic work, because it's working at a really deep level, it can take a number of weeks after a session or multiple sessions or something. But if people do have that like really great feeling afterwards, we don't 100% know if that's just placebo effect yet, the feeling, the like the lack of symptoms, or if, you know, the the we've created some conditions. And, and really the way I describe it is I'm helping you create the conditions under which your body can heal itself, right? I'm not healing you. I'm, I'm acting as a channel. I'm getting out of the way and allowing the spirits that work through me to work with you to help create the 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 conditions, the spiritual conditions for your body, because your body's really wise. Um, the, the, that's another miracle, right? We have these amazing things that know, are, I don't know how to, I don't know how to heal a bro. I've had a broken arm. I don't know how to heal a broken arm. My body knows how to heal a broken arm, right? I don't know how to kick a cold out of my body, but my body does. So um, there's so much innate wisdom in ourselves. And um, sometimes there's really spiritual roots to, to healing. And that is especially true for um, emotional wounding. Emotional wounding happens, particularly trauma, happens at a very deep spiritual level. It can be, it's held in the body, but um, it's on multiple, multiple levels. So I, think, I, think I got another one. DNA uh, almost. What, mm-hmm. what, would you, uh, what would your approach be for like, say people that have like Hashimoto's kind of thing. Like, um, is, there, is there certain practices for stuff like that? So, um, Keto. Hash, <laughs> yeah. Hashimoto's Keto. is that, that's genetic, right? I'm, I don't know that much. It's about an it. autoimmune Mostly, disease. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, autoimmune. Yeah. I mean, so my, my approach to everyone is basically the same. If somebody comes to me for, for healing, um, I do a combination of things. We, we, I have a number of, not tricks, but a number of sort of ceremonies that I could do, a number of rituals, a number of practices that I could do. And I rely on the spirits that I work with. I have helping spirits that tell me, this is the thing that you're going to do that's going to most help this person today. And then I just do that. Um, And most of the time that's getting, you know, it's talking with the person and getting out of the way and allowing allowing the spirits to, to help that person out. I've never worked with somebody on Hashimoto's, but, um, you know, I've worked with people with all kinds of other, other things going on. Since we're talking about health issues and today, one of the biggest headlines was that, um, the courts, um, the judge, uh, overruled Biden's mandate on vaccines, at least for healthcare workers all across the nation. Now, with someone who working with healing and shama, what are your views on like a vaccine that goes into your body? Do you think it's better to try to to build your body up using spiritual um, healing before doing something like putting a uh, foreign substance in your body? I know you said about not ignoring modern medicine, but going back to ancient times, they didn't have vaccines. So how do you feel? Sure. Um, well, you know, vaccines have been around for a few hundred years, like before really modern medicine. Um, you know, 
the word vaccine comes from vaca or cow. It's when, you know, we figured out that the milkmaids weren't getting smallpox because they were getting cowpox, right? Which inoculated them against, yeah, um, milk. right. And because they were milking the cows, getting cowpox, which isn't dangerous. And that gave them immunity from smallpox and George Washington and Catherine the great, um, were sort of pro pro vaccine. Um, I'm, you know, I personally am vaccinated. I do believe in, I, I do believe in body autonomy. I believe that people should make their own choices based on the best information that they can get. Um, I am very scientifically minded. I have come from a scientific background and I, and I, uh, I trust, I have, and interestingly in, um, you know, I've done some pretty advanced trainings in shamanism. And when I got up there into these more advanced initiations and trainings, a lot of my cohort were doctors. Mm -hmm. They were physicians, modern, you know, I've had, um, you know, everyone from anesthesiologists, surgeons, um, you know, whatever in my training cohort. Now these aren't people who are out practicing shamanism with clients, but they are really combining that integrative and integrative medicine is actually a field of study these days for, for doctors. They can study the, these, um, complementary therapies. So, um, so you, yeah. you don't, you don't, you, you appreciate it. Like you don't use just natural healings, like smudging yourself and taking minerals and um, like roots, like natural healing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, I do all of those things. So you're integrating um, modern medicine with. Yeah. yeah take yeah. advantage of modern medicine too. Like you right. said before, get, get as much as you can. Right. Why know? not do, why not do everything? It's, it's like, if you have a car, right? There's the expression firing on all cylinders. You've got six cylinders of your car, right? You've got this mind, body, spirit, and all the different layers of spirit. If you're working on just one of those cylinders and three of them aren't working, your car's not going to work very well, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to fire on all cylinders. You want to take care of everything. So we take care of the physical um, and modern medicine happens to be very good at that. Um, I, you know, for a long time saw a naturopathic doctor because I do appreciate natural approaches to healing. And um, unfortunately, she moved to Africa. But, um, uh, but yeah, I would take supplements and 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 I and I do believe in thing, you know, taking care of yourself, like taking your vitamins, taking doing, you know, have physical fitness and that sort of thing. And um, grandma, definitely, you have to have a healthy body. Um, yeah with the healthy mind you gotta you gotta integrate physical well, this is all good points with... this, is, this is like mm -hmm. real good points you know like you, you figure you exercise you take meds you take vitamins you know you just do as much as you can it all makes perfect sense honestly you know using yeah. the modern medicine with you know natural stuff it, it's just it's a no-brainer to me you know? yeah so and I've... we we like to stick things in boxes right we like to think that our body is different than our mind is different than our spirit and the the definitions between those are really blurry, really, really blurry. Like, where does your body stop and your mind begin? And where does your mind stop and your spirit begin? Nobody can point to that. Nobody knows where consciousness comes from. Nobody, you know, you can say that, okay, if we shut the brain off, consciousness kind of goes away. But you can't point to cells in the brain and say, this is where, um, you know, this is where the subjective experience of life that we are all having comes from. It can't, science can't do that. So, um, 
you know, taking care of yourself on all of these levels, taking care of your body is also taking care of your mind. Taking care of your mind is also taking care of your body. And so doing all of those things and taking all of those approaches as we've been talking about, I think is, is a really, uh, is a really great, it's a really great idea. We have stuff. You might as well, you might as well use what, you know, use the things that people have been working on for a really long time. And, uh, you know, and modern medicine, it happens to be one of those. Yeah. All right, Trish, you're up. Do you, do you, do you believe in is, is uh, the quantum healing aspect of what you do? Isn't that a sort of type of quantum healing? Yes. In fact, um, my, my, a colleague of my teacher, so, you know, somebody who's a generation ahead of me, did some seminal research recently, PhD research that's been published, where she was doing shamanic healing with people and hooking them up to, um, to EEGs, to quantum EEGs, and, and there's entanglement going on. And there's mm-hmm. a big study that just came out where they did, um, you know, they did, uh, over 500 shamanic practitioners hooked them up to EEGs and hooked their clients up to EEGs. And uh, they were entering, their brainwave states were completely unique, very close to what people are doing when they're on psilocybin, but still somewhat unique. And their clients were going into the same state of consciousness, even though they were not shamanic practitioners. So there's entrainment that's happening there, which I think is happening on the quantum level. And I think consciousness is quantum as well, because it's non-local, right? It's not just in your brain. We feel like it's in our brain, but mm-hmm. um, consciousness is yeah. is everywhere. Collective. Yeah, for sure. What were you going to say, Trish? Yep. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, I know, do you find that... Uh, it's it's kind of a struggle with modern technology nowadays. Um, I know, for example, with myself, I, I live in the city now, in the middle of the city, whereas I, which is very hard for me, it was, it's temporary. <laughs> I can't do it, but um, I lived, you know, out in the country for forever. But do you find it hard with all the, um, you know, Wi-Fi and 5G and power grids and all of that. I, I find it very, uh, very much a struggle um, more so now than ever before to kind of overcome that to help others, you know, mm-hmm. because I have to keep myself, myself right. well to help others. So. Right. A- absolutely. And it's the, the whole airplane analogy, right? You have to put your mask on before you help anybody else with theirs. Right. Uh, so if you don't keep yourself healthy, healthy you're not going to be able to, to do that. I live in the country for the re- same reasons I lived in Boston for 20 years. And, um, you know, apart from just the environmental pollution, which includes electromagnetic pollution and toxic waste dumps that I was surrounded by and all kinds of stuff, there's this energetic stuff that's going on and people just aren't as happy in the city as they are outside the city. Yeah, and we're all like, you know, people call themselves, some people call themselves empaths, but we're all empathic. You walk into a room with somebody who's in a terrible mood and you're going to start to pick up that mood. Now multiply that by a million and a half people that are, you know, living five miles away from you. And that for me, was really, I had to get out. I had to get out, had to leave the city. I, I have to. I was in the same boat. Yeah. I have yeah. to go out in the country near a lake, forest, water. Oh, yeah, something. grounding. 
when I first moved here, I, I thought, I, I thought I was going to go crazy. You know, every night I would see, um, especially being um, clairvoyant, clairsentient and audience stuff. I would, I would literally see, you know, hear all the sirens. I would see car accidents mm-hmm. before they happen, see people shooting up, you know, things like that, drug deals, all. And I couldn't, I was like, this oh, I'd go crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I used to live, uh, I used to live just outside of uh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. for 11 yeah. years and then uh i moved out to like suburban areas you know it's there's people out here but it's not anywhere near and i tell you what just coming out here just the air when we first moved here was just so fresh i was like wow the, just the air is fresh and a lot the people were a lot nicer and less traffic and it was just real more calm yeah. you know rather than just tense and seeing so many angry people all day every day in pittsburgh it was just you uh- know Absolutely, and for for anybody who has kids, I'm I'm a dad, and and I've got uh, I've got teenage daughters, um, which is you know enough stress on its own. Um, but, uh, I got an 18 month old son. Oh well, uh, you got a ways to go. But yeah. anybody anybody who has kids, um, I cannot I cannot recommend enough taking them camping, oh, yeah. um, particularly in t- in today's day and age where the kids are on the phones all day or they're on the video games or they're on the, you know, the internet and all of these things and just the, the attention and being constantly bombarded with uh, messages, lots of which aren't so great. um, You know, I've seen kids just transform almost instantly stepping out into nature, just in awe and amazement. I'm lucky where I'm lucky to live where I live that, um, you know, that's my backyard. My backyard is like that. And, um, but taking my daughter's camping was an amazing, you know, has been an amazing experience. And I, my family used to camp when I was, when I was a boy and it was something that, um, you know, I'm much older. There was no internet. (laughs) There was nothing like that back then, but, um, but, but, but even that, like, it's something that I really appreciate. And, we tend to think of ourselves because we live in houses or we live in cities or apartments or whatever. We tend to think of ourselves as apart from nature, but we're not, we're, we're a part of nature. We're not any different than the squirrels or the monkeys or the, what have you. We're animals. We, we lived in trees not that long ago, a really short period of time ago, we lived in trees and caves. So, um, you know, stepping out into the in the forest, and I have a, a good friend who is a um, mindful forest guide. She leads people on mindful walks through the trees, and there's great research about even breathing the air around trees. Pine trees, the chemicals they give off um, have antimicrobial properties. So walk through a pine forest, um, you know, for your health. It's it's. You know, it's one of the best things you can do. And and Jenny, you mentioned grounding. Grounding is so important. Um, touch the earth. Yeah. Walk. I mean, it's really cold here. Right yeah. Now. I don't walk barefoot too much, but when when the weather's nice, I, walk. I have grounding shoes and I have a grounding oh. mat that I sleep with. Yeah, the grounding mat. Yes. And yeah. I have a. Um, do you know How's these, the these EF, for your cell phone? It's a oh. uh, EFM, EF, EMF EMF sleep. Yeah. That I put in my. So I keep this. So the lobster is fantastic, by the way. Yes. Um, and right. <laughs> and in, interestingly, a good friend of mine that I've known since elementary school runs a lobster business here. And one of his lobstermen caught a 
I think they said 100 million to one rare lobster. It was called a cotton candy lobster. It's yeah. blue, blue and pink. It was on it was on national news and all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't don't know where it went. I think it was going to an aquarium. They're like, we're not going to cook and eat this thing. Um, no, I hope not. <laughs> I wonder if it but, tastes uh, like cotton candy. I, I don't know, but uh, they're, <laughs> they're apparently <laughs> one out of every hundred million lobsters, something like that. So pretty cool, pretty cool uh, little thing that happened. Yeah, but, that's yeah. cool to catch that because I've I've seen like pictures of like all blue ones and mm-hmm. what, yeah, you know just rare colors you know it's pretty cool yeah i could go for some lobster right about now <laughs> now, now i'm hungry yeah, yeah lobster some surf and turf yeah. on a lobster mm. yeah. yeah so i watched the main cabin masters that tv show right right it is so beautiful up in maine i, I that's on my bucket was just to get up there and, mm-hmm. and just... how cold does it get up there um, I mean, it gets cold. It's, uh, you know, we're in the Northeast, we're right next to Canada and Maine, Maine doesn't, doesn't seem like it, but for new, for, it's the largest size wise state in new England. Right. So where I live, I can drive five hours North and still be in Maine. So up there, it's way colder than it is down here. Um, and there's lots of climates. You can be near the ocean, which tends to be a little bit warmer and inlet than the mount, obviously the mountains get lots of snow. Um, you know, the coldest I've ever been here, I think was ne- like negative 30, something like that. But Ooh. that is so rare. That's like a once in a lifetime. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, that would be amazing. I'd love it. Well, down here yeah. in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of days where we have all four seasons in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Same, same here. Same, same for sure here. Um, yeah, we, you know, uh, we can have snow, we can have snow into may sometimes and um b- before halloween so we can get snow or it could be 100 degrees we don't know you never know what it's you know what it's going to be like john let's talk about your dreams when you were talking about you can interpret people's dreams um trish had an odd dream maybe you could uh talk about that oh. trish. <laughs> yes the uh well, I I have crossed, I guess, spirit animals cross my path or mm-hmm. I pass across their path, one or the other, um, every day, you know, and I, I pay attention to that. But in my dream, there was, it was either a hawk or a falcon that was injured and I kept helping it fly away. And like, I would, I would nurse it back to health and, you know, fix its, its wing and it would fly away and then it would get injured again and come back. But now, in hindsight, talking talking to you about the universe, you know, continually, if you, if you don't listen or uh, follow your path, you know, those things are going to continue to happen over and over. And we, we relive cycles over and over and over. Yeah. And so I think uh, that's probably... <laughs> I'm not learning a lesson. See, I don't have to. See, I don't have to do anything. You've you've interpreted that for <laughs> but me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> she had mentioned Falcon and and NASA um, intercepting the asteroids. So I thought that that was interesting because a lot of times, obviously, you know, with with my beliefs as above, so below, even things in my personal life, there's something symbolic in my personal life. There's something symbolic in my own city. There's something s- symbolic nationally, um, mm-hmm. universally. You know, there's always something greater than just within myself or pertaining to my own life. So that was the second thought I had was 
because one of those, um, the Falcon nine or whatever it was called, um, was it, was it broken or something happened to it? Um, while trying to intercept one of those asteroids. I don't remember, but I thought that was interesting because that would be one of the symbolic, um, universal, I guess, maybe, I don't know. So I got a, uh, on dream interpretation. I'm, I'm curious to see your standpoint on this one, John. Um, uh, my wife had these dreams before of we're trying to decipher it still exactly to figure this out. Okay. Uh, these creatures that are in the woods, particularly like next to the house and they are super angry that she could see them and we have yet to figure <laughs> this out uh she actually drew them she was able okay. to actually draw oh, wow. them on paper yeah and and to, we're still you know i'm confused she doesn't quite understand it either you know and we want to see what what's your standpoint on this yep so um the world is a really crowded place and there are lots of what I would call non-human people around. Um, some people might call them nature spirits or uh, there are a million names that every culture has little people, right? Um, the leprechauns, fairies in West Africa, they have the Contomble in Hawaii, they have the Menahune. They're all little spiritual people that live in nature. They're nature spirits. Um, sometimes they get uh they're really tied to location right so these are spirits not like um you know if you if you pray to you pray to god or you pray to you know an angel or what have you that are sort of everywhere these are spirits that are um really specifically tied to location and really specifically tied to nature areas my guess is that your wife is particularly sensitive to one group or type of nature spirits that are that are definitely in your area. Um, you know, if you, uh, you know, Trisha's clairvoyant, I'm guessing you can probably see nature spirits all the time. Um, when I, when I journey, I'm like, wow, it's crowded in my house. Um, oh, gosh. it's crowded everywhere. It's crowded everywhere. It's like Grand Central Station everywhere you are. Um, but, uh, some, you know, they, they're, they might be angry or confused that she can see them when she's, She's probably journeying when she dreams. She's probably outside of her body. They're probably like, oh, you're not supposed to be able to, to see us. Um, and we're just hanging out here. We don't want you to, to uh, uh, mess with us. And it's a really good idea to enter into a good relationship with spirits of place, particularly in where you live. Um, so, you know, it would be a good idea to leave offerings and offerings or anything. I like to leave things that the animals in the area will eat. So like seeds, nuts, um, fruit, that kind of thing, nothing toxic or, or that's going to harm it because the animals are going to eat it. But as an offering, it's like a gesture of goodwill. It's like here, um, you know, we're, we're occupying the same space. I don't mean you any harm. Yes. I can see you when I'm asleep, but I'm not going to come in here and bulldoze your, you know, your home and, um, burn down the forest or, or what have you. But you have to figure, you know, as much damage as we humans have done to the earth, um, you could un- you could understand why some of these beings who re- who are in really close inter you know connection with nature, why they may- might be a little wary, or might even be angry at at um, humans encroaching on their 
territory. Um, so my recommendation would be to, I, I have a, I actually have an outdoor altar and I leave things to oh, wow. nature spirits in the area, but, um, yeah, leave altering, leave offerings. She can talk, she can talk to them when she's outside. If she doesn't feel like people are going to think she's crazy when she's talking, what, what looks like she's talking to herself when she's outside. But, I ask um, her permission a lot of times, yeah. if it's, especially if it's somewhere, you know, that's different because it's your own backyard. It, but if I'm going into a forest and, and see certain um, nature spirits, I'll, I'll ask their permission to be there or, or yeah. sometimes they even interact, you know, if, if I'm with a group of people, it might just be one person that they don't want for whatever reason, maybe their energy, right. maybe their, you know, so, and as far as offerings go, a word of advice, <laughs> don't, don't just give like your rotten fruit and stuff. They'll take a Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I actually got a story about uh, some um. offerings. So Sean, Sean can attest to this one. So the woods next to our house are very haunted. Okay. There's Indian burial grounds up there somewhere. Uh, we've had spirits follow. You know, we're paranormal investigators. We've had spirits actually follow from the woods and all this stuff. Caught apparitions there on camera. Well, we actually uh, made offerings to the Indian spirits in the past. And what we did was, you know, ask them to help protect our property line from whatever was coming over and, you know, terrorizing and stuff. So I took up like some tobacco and some oranges. Yep. I scattered them all over, you know, you know, just talking to them like normal and, you know, asking to please, you know, watch our property. So that was a late fall. This is just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Now come springtime. Okay. So we're talking six, seven months later, all and there's lots of animals too, by the way, you know, obviously the woods, you know, there's animals everywhere. Well, six, seven months later, you know, I was up there walking around all the oranges, that we put out were still in the same place. We're not rotted, nothing like they were just totally mm-hmm. like untouched. It was, it just blew my mind, you know, and I'm wondering yeah. if, you know, there's the, the nature spirits that you're talking about can be over there too, because these woods are very haunted, you know, yeah, so. they are very yeah. haunted. Yeah. There are, there are nature spirits. There are nature spirits everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. even in the city, there are nature spirits. And I yep. had, um, uh, kind of a little bit of a funny story about that. But one of my very first experiences with nature spirits, I was training in Boston martial arts. I was um, down in a basement dojo with uh, training with a partner. My teacher was in another room and all of a sudden I see about a three, two, three foot tall little green man run through the room and run right through the back wall. He looked solid. He was in a hurry, um, went right through the back wall and I thought I'm losing my mind. And my friend who I'm working out with turns to me and goes, did you see that? And I said, well, what did you see? And then we both described the same thing. And then a couple minutes later, my, my teacher comes in the room and says, what happened to your little friend that just ran through here? So he had seen it from the other room. So all three of us had seen the same thing. And that's, you know, now I know, I know what that is now. I had no idea back then. This was many, many years ago. Did um, he have a box of Lucky Charms? He did not. But no, I'm did, just kidding. He, did kind of, he, he was wearing clothes and he was he was greenish. Like he had, had sort of a greenish hue to him when I saw him. And I was not in an altered, really in an altered state at that point. Well, so. no. Well, to think about it. If you multiple were, people you saw know, it. doing your yeah. uh, Tojo stuff, and there's a lot of energy that's put out when you all do that. Correct? Right. 
Yes, absolutely. So this little green dude, man, was just like feeding off that stuff. You I mean, knew he's been busted by your teacher, right? Right. So he's <laughs> like, like trying to get the hell out of yeah. it. Yeah. Just yeah. like in the paranormal world, you know, yeah. ghosts, they feed off of our energy and they, and equipment. You know, we've had mm-hmm. equipment yeah. batteries just die instantly. So they're feeding right. off us and equipment. So it makes sense, you know, with whatever Definitely. that was. I have had so much electrical and mechanical stuff go wrong um Amen. during during <laughs> yeah during train i had like yep. the transmission i had almost new transmission go out in my car my radio tuned itself to a different station when i was driving back from a training weekend one time and i, I was married at the time i'm no longer married but um my my former wife was like would you stop bringing people home with you from training <laughs> because she would wake up she would wake up in the middle of the night and there would be somebody standing over the bed just watching us sleep and i was like i'm sorry i can't i can't That's help that we're, yeah we're doing we're doing this work and like we're putting off all this energy and these these spirits are like oh that's i'm gonna ooh, i'm gonna follow that guy um so yeah i've had so much i've had stuff uh move in front of a room of 20 people um Ooh. pretty cool uh pretty cool stuff mm-hmm. yeah so i like to share this story uh and i've shared it many times on the show but you haven't heard it yet so i'm going to share it to you <laughs> all, right. all right um when i divorced from my wife i was living over in pleasant hills and it was an apartment complex and they had like big um you know where you plant fruits and vegetables and stuff like that? Uh, a garden. A garden, a garden, right? garden. Yeah. Yeah. So I told, go ahead. Hey, listen, I don't know. I'm intrigued with you. I am. <laughs> and that's hard to do. But um, I was out there in April with my son. Okay. And all of a sudden, I just saw all these little bright sprites go flying around. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. It was like, am I high or what? <laughs> you know? And my really? son saw them too. My son saw them too. Um, so the next, you know, it was too early for lightning bugs, right? Okay. Now, uh, what happened was um, the next morning I went back out there again, right? And there was a fairy ring of mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that is so cool. And then I knew, you know, so that's my story. Yeah. Until next week. it's it's you know that's such um yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a good experience it's a good story it's like stuff like that happens it's why in you know in the british isles they have what's called the fairy faith there are people to this day that still leave offerings for the fairies and um you know they're cunning what they call cunning folk who work with the fairies and 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 have for forever you know for that for that they're protected by the government there. Yeah. And in um, in Scandinavia and in places like, you know, Iceland and other places in Scandinavia, elves and elves and trolls and things like that are also protected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And my so my my working theory, which seems to be true, is that there we so we live in the we live in this physical world and it's like um well i'm old enough to remember overhead projectors like in school we didn't have video monitors right and they had plastic sheets or the old books where you had like the anatomy books where you would have like the muscles and you'd pull the plastic sheet over and there would be the skeleton underneath that 
So we live in this world that's like a plastic sheet on top of many, many levels of plastic sheets, right? The physical world is either the top or the bottom, depending on how you look at it. And there are these others, these other layers, and this is where these other beings sort of reside, but it's not a pure separation. And some of them live very, very close to the physical world, nature spirits and, and ghosts, if I guess live, it may not be the right term for that, but these spirits reside, exist on this level that's really, really close to the physical world. Sometimes they can, um, sometimes we can peer over into the other plastic sheet and sometimes they can sort of, they're, they can bleed through and that's, you know, we can, you can photograph them or record them or experience them in a garden, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, once, once you, once it starts happening to you, as I'm sure all of you have experienced, it doesn't stop. <laughs> um, there's some, something, True. there's something to that, something to be tuned in and, and able to perceive these things where, um, they perceive you back and they, they show up for you. What's really cool is when they trust you, you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. When they, when they, when they can trust you and what's other, what's really crazy is you know, I'm not saying that I was attacked or nothing like that, but there wasn't no happy. There were a lot of mean little people hanging around and all the little good people were helping me out with the little bad people. Yeah. Um, so they're, you know, they're different. I don't know what the right term species or races of, of spirits. Um, I, I don't have a better word for it, but so many different. They come in. They come in all different shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. I've seen spirits that look like cross between a tree and a person, and uh, spirits that look like the classical Tinkerbell style fairy with the wings and the you know that sort of thing, and and the little green dude, the little chubby green dude with the hat and clothes that ran through the dojo when I was training. Um, so they, yeah, they do come in all shapes, sizes, and temperaments, and I do like to call them um, non-human people because they all have personalities that just as we do, just as different dogs have different personalities, right? Right, exactly. exactly. Somebody got me a last year a book. I was trying to find it, um, and it's it's a mythological creatures Bible. And it actually, I started looking through this. I'm like, and, and you know, it describes everyone, um, every known um, creature, you know, that, that's documented where where they originated, where they're from, what they look like. And I was reading through this, and I'm like, oh, that you know, that makes sense. I've seen that one. I've seen that. But it, but it actually, right, gave right. me a lot more um, information about the different personalities, the different characteristics. Um, things like that. And it's funny, you know, we were talking about they, they have to, Sean, you're saying they have to try, gain your, or you have to gain their trust. Mm -hmm. um, I, my ex-husband was in the military and we, we moved around a lot. So different houses I would move to, um, rental houses and things like that. It would be a few months before, you know, everything, they, they would kind of play tricks on me. Things would, mm -hmm. would move everything, you know, remotes and car keys and phones and glasses and you name it, put something in front of me to tri trip me, you know, and it wasn't normal spirits. It was, it was absolutely the house uh, fairies and things like that mm -hmm. until 
we, we got on common ground and they realized that, okay, we're going to share this space. Right. <laughs> we're not going to harm you. You know what? As long as you make it, your stuff and, and I'll leave you something right. when I cook. So yes. <laughs> as long as you make a deal with them, they're pretty cool with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really important to note that with any spiritual being that you make a deal with, uh, never break the deal. Oh nope. yeah. That nope. is, there are so many bad stories about that. That's, mm -hmm. that's a really bad idea, but the deals, you don't have to sell your soul. You, you know, leaving an offering is, is not, you know, not that. And, and leaving out food when you cook, food is a great offering. You know, the spirits can take, because there's a spiritual component to everything, they can take nourishment, even though it's physical food, they can take nourishment from that. They can take energy from that, that they, that they need to live. And certain spirits like certain things. Um, there's a reason why we call uh, alcohol spirits, um, you know, and the traditional, there are lots of traditional offerings around. Um, I, I have an ancestral altar and I, I pour rum for my, for my ancestors pretty regularly and they keep an eye on the house for me. Um, but I also know not to keep my ancestral altar in my bedroom because it's like, that's like Grand Central Station. Like they'd be coming through my bedroom, waking yep. me up all night long. So I yep. keep it in the, keep it in the center of the house um, where nobody sleeps, but it's near my dining room where they can enjoy a meal with us. Well, my, my bedroom in my house is a ghost free, you know, ghost free zone. zone. They yeah. are not allowed to come in. They're not. And they don't believe it or not. They don't. They're, yeah. Cause it's like, okay, you can hang out there with my brother, you know, <laughs> my mom do whatever you want there, but not in my room. Cause that's my sacred spot right there. Yeah. So and maybe I, you can do that to your bedroom. And you need your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now, even sure. with uh, with pets, I've noticed my my own pets, you know, they're they're used to the ones that that were already stable and, and older in my home. But I recently adopted a, a new cat and they kind of interacted with each other, you know, which he's a very old soul. So he didn't have a problem. But then right after that, about about a week later, my daughter found a kitten that you know, she brought, she had to bring home and, and they're like, whoa, you know, this isn't, I, we don't know about this one. <laughs> they mess with that one all the time. So. So I had a, uh, I had a weird dream a couple months ago, John. Uh, I'm still trying to kind of figure it out, getting different inputs from different people. Cause I'm not sure. So I was like asleep, but not like deep sleep, you know, and my house mm -hmm. is haunted too, by the way, just, just so we get that out there. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> So I was laying there and I heard what sounded like a, uh, like I, I would say like a, probably like a nine or 10 year old girl's voice, just real loud said, wake up, they're here now. And I jumped up in bed and I'm looking around and I heard all this like creaking around on the floor and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out yeah. like, what what's the meaning behind that? What, who, I still yeah. can't figure it out. Uh, so I think you were probably hearing a spirit and um, she might not have even been talking to you. Um, but especially if you heard the creaking around, there were probably a bunch of spirits and somebody was an, Oh, wake up there. Or maybe, they, maybe she was talking to you. Wake up. They're here now. Look, look um, when you're kind of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when you're, when you're in that half sleep, half awake state, either when you're going into sleep or coming out of sleep, it's very, very close to what you would, 
be doing when you were being hypnotized. Like the state of the brainwave state is very, very close to that. Um, and normally you're, you're, you're also pretty close to REM sleep there as well. And so spiritually, you're really open. Spiritually, you're open to, to sort of pick things up, sounds, sights, um, sens feelings, sensations. Um, so my feeling is rather than a specific kind of meaning, it's, it doesn't sound like it's a, kind of a, a lot of dreams are metaphorical. So if you dream about a falcon, for example, that might be a metaphor for what's going on in your life. But this sounds to me like you were hearing spirits. Um, okay. So I, I, you know, I think that's probably the case. And I don't know if they were ghosts or nature spirits or, or some combination thereof. Um, probably, probably some form of ghost if they were speaking. Nature spirits don't all speak English. That's the other thing to remember about them. <laughs> um, you know, we, we tend to think because we see in the movies, all the leprechauns and everybody speak English, but they have their own languages as well. Yep. You know, I love like, leprechauns. Uh, I believe in leprechauns. There was a, I had another, I had a nasty dream actually right around the same time as it. I think it was right before, like a day or two before that dream that I just uh, talked to you about where something, I don't remember what it was, was like choking me out real bad. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. I so that. I woke up and I like couldn't breathe. Like I, I, my face was buried in the pillow and then I go to the restroom and I had like a red mark on my neck. Like if something was like choking me out, that was uh that freaked me out a bit. Yeah, you might want to set some protection up in your bedroom. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was a few months back. Yeah, quiet yeah. since, but <laughs> if it continues, if it continues, you might want to. Um, you know, there's some things you can do to set up some protection uh, in your bedroom. Um, is you know, if they keep interfering with your sleep or, or you know, that that sort of thing. But if you're getting marks on your body that are replicating things that are happening to you in your sleep. It might, you know, it might actually be some some physical phenomena coming through. That's uh, the first time that's ever happened. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That can be um, can be shocking. I've been um, I've been touched, pushed, and slapped by none, you know, oh, non yeah. physical things before. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It can be it can be shocking until you get used to it, and then you're like, leave me alone, cut it out. I'm, you know, I'm doing Sometimes something. Sometimes they do it in a loving manner, though, and that's yes, yeah. No, yeah. they don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. No, they don't. Oh, crap. You, no. No, no, no. Mm -mm. I figure it out like this. They're invading on, we're invading on their space, right? So we do not want you here. So I'm going to push you, kick you, bite you, scratch you, do whatever I can for you to get the hell out of here. Sure. Yeah. There, there, There's that. And then there's sometimes it's just like, a, hey, pay attention to me kind yeah. of thing as well but uh yeah when it's when it's violent um yeah it's definitely somebody who's ticked off it, for is. Sure. it was interesting yeah <laughs> yeah it was yeah yeah so i fully believe your house is haunted that's that definitely sounds like definitely sounds like a thing oh man i got you know I have so much evidence yes. from here yeah. it's on it's unreal he yeah. has the most haunted house in Pennsylvania. I, I think no your car. house was built on uh, on like a burial site. That, that's what I got from from one of those videos one time. So that I mean that or or maybe where there was um, a battle or some something where there was negative energy from that. And, and in order that will never change unless it's transmuted. So yeah, it's a, it's pretty creepy up in the woods around here. 
Yeah. Play that yeah. Much. <laughs> the other the other thing that can happen, and if you know anybody who does dowsing, um, they can douse for what's called geopathic stress, which is when to it's like boundaries of things that happen underground. So like a, you know, if there's an underground stream running under your house it can create this real sort of energetic rift that stuff can kind of come through. Um, and somebody who's good at dowsing can pick these things, can pick these things up or, or, you know, somebody who practices shamanism could journey and on your property and, and pick these things up as well. And there are some things you can do about that. If that is the case, if there's, you know, if that's one of the causes I did, uh, sometimes I do space clearing and house clearing and land clearing ceremonies when people are having trouble with paranormal uh, phenomena. And I was asked to assist with a place that had been a brothel in the um, late 1800s on the sea seashore. And um, it was like in, in journey and in middle world reality, it was like staring into a tornado. There was so much bad stuff going on there. I'm like, I'll do what I can. Um, but you know, there's some stuff that needs to be corrected here. There was just so much going on. I think between the all the really bad energy that was there from the people that had been there, but there was also some geological stuff that was happening underneath as well. Hmm. Um, Seems uh, Jenny's having some problems here. Yeah, she's get. Yeah, she, she can't she, get back on again. <laughs> she got. She got. So, out. You know what? None so of us have control of the show. We're out of control. <laughs> yeah, this is like terrible Tuesday, man. Not traumatic Tuesday. Torture Tuesday. The gremlins are real. Yeah, they are real. Gremlins are real. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah, a little side that. note, you know, I just want to give you a civil war deal back here. Do you know why prostitutes were called hookers back in the eighteen hundreds? Oh, here we go. No, it's not. No, was seriously. It, I don't know, but it was it after General Hooker. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, he, well, he would. He that was would, a lucky guess. He would set up his office in brothels. Well, that's well he's going to go out. He's going to go out happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Jeez. what? Uh, what, John? Are is your goals from now? Where where do you plan yourself seeing yourself in the next 10 years? Oh, gosh. Um, in the next 10 years. So um, I'm, you know, I'm really starting to uh, teach more, more and more people from around the world and, and work with pe people from all over. I have clients in Norway and the West Coast of uh, Canada and all kind of things. So uh, I'm really branching out, but I'm, I'm also trying to... Um, push a little bit of, you know, there's some really traditional shamanic teachings um, and I'm trying to bring some new things in as well. So I have, um, I have a background obviously in martial arts and I have a background in um, information security and a background in shamanism. And so I'm actually working on, I'm writing a book at the moment on um, called shamanic self-defense. So it will be sort of a, a spirit. There are lots of books on spiritual self-defense, spiritual protection, psychic self-defense, but there are none from a shamanic standpoint. That's so, yeah, that's... so I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on, um, you know, probably turning that into a class as well. So that's my short, that's sort of short term, um, 10 years down the line, I hope right. to sort of 
Oh, Jenny's back. Jenny's back. Welcome back. <laughs> Technical issues, tell you. Wow. It's about that time. Yep. Uh, let's see. We're good till for another three minutes, Jen. Well, John, uh, for anybody that wants to get a hold of you or learn more about what you do, uh, can you uh, let everybody know how to get a hold of you or websites or anything you have? Yeah, um, my website is uh, mainshaman.com. That's me in the state, M-A-I-N-E, shaman, S-H-A-M-A-N.com. All my stuff's there. I've got, um, you know, the Instagram and Facebook and YouTube channel and all that stuff. So, uh, but the website's the one, you know, you can go there and and, and get everything. Um, you know, if you, can, if you can't get enough of me, or you, or you want to throw, or or you you have too much of me, and you want to throw tomatoes at a, at your monitor. You can do that too. <laughs> hey, John, thank you for being on. Yes, the thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was, you. It was a great show. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to friend you me. on Facebook. Yeah, I'm going to friend you on Facebook. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been it's been a real pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to all of you. Good. I'm glad. All right, buddy, it was all a right, pleasure yeah. talking to you. Yeah. yeah and, thanks for being um, on the show. Absolutely. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. I'm not sure what happened. I think my uh, connection to my my uh, mic is is too loose. It keeps popping out, and then I couldn't get in at all. <laughs> As you say, oh. none of us have control. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> that, that was a good so show. Good. That was that was nice. Uh, John is uh, very yeah. knowledgeable. Very good. Yes, he was. Very, very, yeah. very I'm excited to uh, read his book coming out. That's that's something that's always yeah. I was definitely. impressed. I was impressed. Yeah, Definitely. It was a good show. Well, do you guys have any investigation coming up next week? No, but we have a Christmas party coming up on December 18th. Oh, where's that at? Down there at Three Rivers Carding. Down there. Down there in that. Where is that? Is that in Harmerville? Where is that? That's down in Leedsdale. Leedsdale? Yeah, Leedsdale. down on Rats. Down six. Up on the other side of Sewickley. Yeah. 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 Good time. Down around that area. Just go, yeah, come on down, Jenny. And yeah, join us. yeah, Jenny, get down, ride some go karts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they're fast too, they're electric. And uh, once you get a little more experience, they crank the juice up a little bit. You can really oh, tear around the track. Yeah, I'm a big guy, and they move. I'll tell they you, they do move. I was, you I was like, this thing ain't gonna go fast. I was like, holy smokes, these carts are this small, and you got guy jank you uh, sitting in one, doing that's <laughs> <laughs> fun. I'd get whiplash. <laughs> Oh, all right, guys. It's well, eleven ten. Yeah, yeah. So, um, thanks again for tuning in to Chasing Prophecy. We'll see you next Thank you, week. Thank everybody. Happy Torture right. Tuesday. Have Bye-bye. a great, great weekend coming up. All week, week and weekend. So, yep. Yep, yep. okay. Let me uh just find that. Oh, we don't have a. Oh, geez, I can never <laughs> find. It's just there's just so many videos on here to try to find the ending. I can never find it. Oh well. Sorry about that, guys. One of these days, Jason and Sean's going to have to take over the control because I can't manage to find... I can't find any. I cannot find the end. Well, here it is. Wait, we'll try this one. Oh, here we go.